This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, so tonight we have a very interesting Shia. Um, we're going to have to take our minds and twist them a little bit from our normal way of thinking, if the word normal ever works in this Shia. But we have to change our minds a little bit. I don't know if I should do the Pasha Shavuot first. No, we're going to do that. Okay, so the opening question is the following. It says like this. On Rosh Hashanah, there's a judgment. The tzaddikim are judged for life. L'chaim. The rishayim are judged l'moves, for death. And the benenim, which is most of us, the ones that are in between, they hang, toilet, they, they're not judged yet, until Yom Kippur. So it's a retshuva, right? So your, 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 your balance sheet is equal, and it says to me, tshuva, you do tshuva, right? And that saves your life. So the famous question is, why do you have to do tshuva? If it's exactly equal, your averis and your mitzvahs, do another mitzvah. And you won. You hear? Why don't you do tshuva? I'll go out, I'll give a poor person a dollar. Now it's not even anymore. My good side is higher. I'm done. Why did it say that? It's to make tshuva. You have to do tshuva. What? It's a bomb question. With a bomb answer. And the answer is that at the end of Rosh Hashanah, you cannot change the numbers. That's it. 50 Averis, 50 Mitzvahs, equal balance. That's it. So you cannot change it. So by doing a Mitzvah, Matzah Rosh Hashanah, that doesn't change your balance for Rosh Hashanah. That's already next year. So, but if you do Tshuva Me'ava, right, if you do Tshuva Me'ava, so, so, if you just do Tshuva, if you do Tshuva Me'ava, what happens is, that the mitzvah, the Avera becomes a mitzvah. Once the Avera becomes a mitzvah, now the mitzvah side is heavier. So, when it comes to Kippur, you, you're, you're, you're What? If you do Tshuva So you do Tshuva Yira, it minuses. Should be. But I think you have to do, it has to go, it has to go like on a positive thing. You gotta add something on the positive side. So the question is, what's Tshuva Me'ava? What does that mean? It's like we're, we 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 always learn this true meyira, true meyava, right? True out of fear, true out of love. What does it mean to do true out of love? What does it mean? I love you. I'm sorry. When you do true meyira, you don't love it. What does it mean? You're scared. That's yira. Yeah, yira. No, you don't want to do true meyira. You want to do true meyava. True meyava turns the red wall. I told you the story last. I went to buy cracker jacks when I was a kid. I knew it wasn't kosher. But I wanted to get to the prize. And then once I got to the prize, the answer was like. No, no, don't eat anything. Just get to the prize. So you got the prize, but then I had a whole box of, of caramel, popcorn, and peanuts. I wasn't going to throw that out, so the answer went into this year, and he said, Wallstein, if you throw it out, it's Valtashkas. It's an Avera to throw it out. Oh! It's a mitzvah to eat treif. Beautiful. I mean, it wasn't treif. I hope it wasn't treif anyway, but I thought it was. So I told you, two, a few years ago, I'm standing in Eretz Yisrael, 
in Eitzachayim and on, on Yom Kippur, and all of a sudden I'm getting into my head. You know, you know, you know, you know. Uh, you were 14 years old. You you ate Cracker Jacks. I'm like, get out of my head. What are you bothering me now? I got much bigger virus than that. Come on. I'm like, no, you better take care of that Cracker Jack thing. So I was like, Hashem, I was a kid. What did I know? I didn't know who you were. I didn't have a connection. I had no relationship with you. I love you now. You, we have this relationship. I would never eat Cracker Jacks. No way. That's true of my avats. It's not coming from like, you're going to burn me. But we're going to learn something tonight. It's going to blow everyone who's listening to this. I don't know why nobody ever teaches us this. So, this is Mishnah Torah, or Rambam, right? And he has a, a sefer on tshuva. And we started learning last week, the beginning of it. Bokshim, I finished it. I want to go to the 10th parak. We never get to the 10th parak. here. We just got Kalalashan on just now for the 10th parak. It's going to blow you away because it's the opposite of the way we're brought up. Totally the opposite. Okay, you ready for this? I spoke about it in Los Angeles last night. We had our first Avino Makeno event. I want to tell everyone in Los Angeles, you're the best. We went to the valley. It was in the valley. It was fantastic. It was beautiful. All the people came out. We had a big chizik. Unbelievable. Listen to this. Al yoimar Adam. A person should never say, I am doing the mitzvah of the Torah and I'm occupying myself with its wisdom because I want to get reward person should not learn Torah do mitzvahs for reward I'm learning and I'm doing mitzvahs so that, so that I'm not talking about davening so I should get Olam Haba let me finish and I'm going to separate myself from all the sins in the Torah. I'm going to be a big tzaddik. I'm going to have I'm going to be holy and tahar. I'm not going to do any averis. I'm going to get rid of my iPhone. I'm going to get a Rebbe phone. I heard today. I know it was true. My wife told me that Rav Chaim Kainetsky broke a shidduch of a boy who the father-in-law found out that the boy had an iPhone ben azmanim. And he told him not to uh, not to marry him, not, not not to let his daughter marry him, and that they put up a sign today by Rav Chaim that anybody who has an iPhone is not allowed to come in. And things was every time I go to Rav Chaim, everyone's taking pictures with their iPhones. <laughs> so that was a new sign. So I can go with my my little teeny learning disabled phone, my little flip phone. I can go to Rav Chaim, and you can't. Ha ha ha. Okay. Anyway, um, so the effort went out very she the to my hand. And you separate yourself from the Averis. Why? Because they should not say, I call them my Torah. Because you want to be saved from all the terrible curses in the Torah. Like, additionally, of course, you want to go to Ganeiden. You don't want to be cut off. So you're like, I'm not doing Averis because I don't want to be cut off. It is not fitting to serve God in this manner. It is not fitting to serve God to do mitzvahs for reward and it's not fitting to serve God not to do Averis because you're scared they're going to throw you to this big barbecue pit a person who serves God in this matter is serving him and motivated from fear and he is not on the level of the prophets or um 
or on the letter, level of the Chachamim. And the only people that serve God this way, because I'm going to get a reward, I'm going to get punished, Anashim, women, Laktanim, and children. That we bring them up, we machanech them, to serve Hashem from fear. Oh boy, if I don't do this, I'm going to get punished. As they grow in knowledge, the fear will become love. Now. A person who, who serves Hashem from love, Isaac Bitaru Uba Mitzvah Wahilak Mudasiris Achachma. He is occupies himself in Torah and mitzvahs and walks in the path of wisdom. He has no ulterior motive. And not because he's scared, he's feared that he's going to get punished. And not to inherit the good. He does the truth because it is truth. And in the end, good will come from it. But that's not why he does it. He says, and this level to serve Hashem for that reason, just out of love, not every wise person can do this. This is the mile of Avram Avinu. Hashem called him his lover. Avram Avinu did not serve Hashem for, for, for prizes and chesed, and he wasn't scared. He served Hashem only from Ava. This is what, what Moshe brought down from Hasina. In the time that a person loves God in the correct way, you automatically will do all the Mrs. Ma'ava. So what the Ramam is saying over here, the Ramam says, and this is what we talked about a lot, and I spoke about this last night, I was screaming last night in LA. Oh, if you didn't hear me from LA, right? The earth was shaking, they thought it was an earthquake. So it's not an earthquake. So he says over here, it's very interesting. He says, first the relationship, and then the mitzvahs. What does that mean? He says, a person who has a relationship, that he loves Hashem, then automatically, when he does the mitzvahs, the mitzvahs are coming out of love. First the relationship, and then when you do the mitzvahs, automatically, if we have this relationship, then whatever I do for you, I'm doing out of love. If you love somebody, a guy's married, and he loves his wife, so taking out the garbage, he's doing out of love. Making her a coffee, he's doing out of love. Making his bed, putting his shoes away, he's doing out of love. Whatever he does, he goes to work for, he's doing it out of love. But if you go the other way, that he goes to work and he makes the coffee, doesn't mean it's going to come that he's doing it out of love. He's doing it because if he doesn't make the coffee, she's not going to let him go to the football game. If he doesn't do the coffee, she's going to yell at him. So he's very interesting. Listen very carefully to what he's saying here. He's saying that Ubizman, everybody who's listening, listen carefully. Ubizman, and in the time, when you love Hashem with the correct loveness, miyad immediately, Again, in the relationship, you love your wife, and you have an unbelievable relationship, so she has to get coffee. So it's me'ahava. She has to clean the dishes. It's me'ahava. But if the ava's not there first, the love is not there first, so she asked me to do the dishes. It's not coming out of love. It's like, if I don't do the dishes, uh, 
You know, it's a deal where we, you know, that's why Jewish men make great, a, a great businessmen. Because everything's a deal. If you let me do this, uh, if I do this and you let me do that, uh, okay, well, we make deals. We do. It's a very interesting point that uh, that uh, the Rambam says. Now, he asked a question that we opened to share with. What is the proper degree of love? It's very nice, the word, but what does it mean? Who it is. Shiyav es Hashem ahav that you should love Hashem with a great love. Yisera, exceeding. Aza ma'od. How does he write? Aza ma'od, obsessed. Atche tehei nafshik shuur ba'avas Hashem that his soul should be tied to the love of God. V'nim sheshayge ba'tamid and he should he should his his thoughts should always be with this. like he's sick. Sick with love. His, his mind is, is never diverted from the love of the woman. And he's always obsessed with her. Whether he's sitting, whether he gets up, whether he's eating or drinking. You know, I know when a guy is very serious, he's in Shaduchim, so he starts losing a lot of weight. He starts telling me, then wolves are down 10 pounds, 12 pounds. I'm like, wow, you look, you look, Something's going on. He's like, yeah, Rabbi, I'm, I'm dating seriously. Because when you date seriously, you, you, you're not interested in eating and drinking. You're thinking the whole time, did I say the right thing? Did I say the right thing? You're, you're in love. You're obsessed. So he says, the Ramah was saying, the relationship after Christmas, you have to, you're obsessed. You're eating, you're thinking of Hashem. You're drinking, you're thinking of Hashem. You're going to work, you're thinking of Hashem. Shabbat, you're thinking of Hashem. You're in Alaska looking at the different plants, you're thinking of Hashem. You're making a bracha on an apple, you're thinking of Hashem. You're always thinking of Hashem. You're obsessed. Anybody in this room obsessed with God? Oh, you're not. Don't shake your head yes. You are? Explain that. What does that mean? Find a penny on the floor. Thank Hashem for making you richer. Is that obsession? Absolutely. Did you lose weight? No. Do you have butterflies in your stomach when it comes to Rosh Hashanah? Do or do we eat more? What? You're going out with a girl and you're very serious. You have butterflies. You're like, I can't eat Push, this, push the dish, I can't, I, I, but I'm scared, I'm nervous. It's exciting, right? We're in, we're, we're in Elul, what's the relationship, what's the relationship, what's Elul all about? I spoke about this last night. I need to do you, do Love! It's relationship. Elul should say, I don't know, be scared, do tshuva. The letter should stand for, I need tshuva, Right? What's this little love song over here? I'm to my loved one, my loved one's to me. Whoa, cool. What is this, Romeo and Juliet? What is this? A Hallmark card? And the answer is, what the, what the Rabbi is saying, if you have the love first, everything follows. So in Elul, if you get the relationship, I need I'm to my loved one, my loved one is to me, I'm taking the first step, I'm obsessed with him, right? I'm taking the first step. Then, then, then your truth is going to be me'ava. Automatically, if a person loves Hashem, so his mitzvah is me'ava, if a person goes through a whole Elul and he loves God, his tshuva is me'ava. And if your tshuva is me'ava, then all your marriage become mitzvahs. And you're a winner. That's why Elul is anila da'idila da'idili. You hear what the Ramam saying? You have to be obsessed. You can't eat. A little bit I was obsessed with him in Alaska. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. I'm not hungry right now. I gotta see, I gotta see the whale. Everybody, we were in the middle of eating, it's just my wife. We we're in the middle of eating breakfast. It was like, someone screamed in the dining room. There's like 800 people in this dining room. Right? Goyim, Jews, whatever. A whale! 
Everybody got up. Everyone ran to the windows. So some tail going up in the water. I'm like, I'm going back to eat. So I'm going to see the whale. I'm like, hello. It was a smart guy. See, they were running out of rolls. So he screamed, whale. Everybody ran to the window. He's collecting all the rolls. Anyway. I didn't say it was the Yiddish cup, but whatever. Yaisim is there. More than this, Tia Avas Hashem believe Oyabab Shagan by Tamid Kamaisha Tivano the 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 in the hearts of those who love him and are obsessed with him at all times, we are commanded Bakhulvavcha, your whole heart. Does it mean your whole heart? You say it every day. What does it mean your whole heart? You just think it's a half a heart? Every day you say Bakhulvab Bakhul Navsha, what do you mean my whole heart? Bulavchovanashcha. She said Bulavchovanashka, what's Bakhul? I have a half a heart, and the answer is obsession. Total obsession. I am obsessed with God. That's what Shlomo Melech says in Shirashirim. Because I'm sick with love. The whole Shirashirim is talking about this relationship. Now. The Chacham Rishonim said, Shema Taimah, a person is going to say, I'm going to learn Torah so I get rich. I want everyone to call me Rebbe. I'm learning Torah in order that I get, I get, um, don't do it. For don't do it to call you Rebbe, don't do it to rich, do it out of love. You should, you should want, you should desire, right, his mitzvahs. doesn't say you should desire the reward of the mitzvahs. would command their brilliant among their students, and they would say, I'll tell you, come on, this is your Mishnah and Pekiyavos. Not on the Kabbalah Pras, don't serve your Rebbe, don't learn Torah, don't serve Hashem in order to get a present, but just the opposite, for not, for out of love. Okay. Now he says the following. Here is the mind boggling one. Hey. therefore. And, and, and I'm talking to everyone who's listening, I'm talking to all the Machanchim and Yeshivas out there. That including Rabbi Wallstein, that when we teach our kids and students, we scare them. And we give them this picture that Hashem is this being that that that, that punishes and burns and throws you into Gehenna and all the other terrible punishments and, and, and our generation is growing up thinking that God is an evil punishing God. Says the Rambam. The Rambam. When you teach children in Yeshiva or you teach girls or Amayaratzim he says, in the beginning, in the beginning, little kids, you got, it's got, you got to have prizes. You got to have prizes and you got to have, 
you're going to have consequence, you lost your recess, and, and if you learn extra, you get a gold star, and you have 10 gold stars, you get a bag of potato chips, right? That's what we teach our children, right? It is well known and clear that the love of God will not become attached to a person's heart until a person's heart becomes obsessed. This is the big one. And this is what I was screaming about last night. And he leaves all things in the world except for this. You gotta leave your technology. You can't be obsessed with Hashem. You can't be obsessed with His creation. You can't focus on what He's done in this world if you're busy with with man-made technology. The only you can only love Hashem as the outgrowth of the knowledge which you know Him. And by, by by spending time thinking about Hashem, about using your head, about Looking at creation, about learning his Torah, in Ma'at Ma'adim Harbe Harbe. The more you do, the better it is. If you do it less, a person has to um, seclude himself, to meditate. A person has to meditate. You have to turn off all the buzz and all the garbage that's in your ear a whole day. You gotta turn it off. His bite it us. You gotta find a place. What is the rabbi was saying? It's not something new. We have to go to the Dama Lama Malalala with all those Mishigama and then yoga and all that other garbage, right? He's saying in the, it, he wrote it, right? He's saying, therefore, the Yachid Atzmo, you have to seclude yourself. And you have to think and understand and conceive the window, the wizard, the, the wisdom, that Hashem is giving us. The more potential that a man possesses to understand, if you don't think, and you don't watch, look at Hashem's world, like all the stories I told you in Alaska, and you don't see the Neflois Habayra, then you can't get connected to him, and you can't, you can't get connected with that kind of love. You have to, you have to separate yourself from all this technology. That's how a person gets to a Kurdish Baruch Hu. And a person who learns Torah, he sees in the Torah that he learns, the different machlekes in the Hal Gemara ends up in all the different twists and turns, and we show him in the Achwein, and he sees the godless, he sees the greatness of the human mind, which we only use, what, 10% of. But if you're disconnected, you're looking all day at your stupid digits. The Time Magazine had a whole write-up this week. Their whole write-up was about bullying and, and how the whole internet is just is just what they what, what they did with the with, with all the news and everything and causing so many deaths and so much so many problems. Time. I mean, they write about it, right? And all you're busy with is digits and letters and silly things on a piece of metal. How are you going to see Hashem? How are you going to see him in, in, in an iPhone? You can't. So you got to spend time. If that was bited us. You have to separate yourself. In the summer, you're in the Catskills. You see what's going on there. The fireflies, the different plants, the water, the lakes, the beauty. You see a bald eagle, a sort of bald eagle, the Nesher. When I was up in Alaska, the power of a nine-foot wingspan. Can you stay where a nine-foot wingspan is? The wingspan of most houses are ten feet, the ceilings. The wingspan of an eagle gorgeous, what a bird Hashem created, as a representation the king of all birds, carries its babies on its wings 
Because it's only worried, the only thing that can kill its babies are humans, because there's no bird that flies above it. So the human being shoots the arrow from the ground. So it, it, the eagle says, I'll take the hit first. So Kishbohu is compared to the eagle carrying Klai Yisrael. Hashem says, I'll take the hit for them. You, you get close to a Baruch but if you're busy in, a, in the brick world of New York City and it's all brick and, and, and concrete and, and, and you're busy on your phone the whole time, what could you see in the Maisa Abayra? So he says, the only way you're going to connect to a Baruch is he says, the Yachet Atzmai Lahavin Olahashkel Bechachos Utuadim Bedim Kainai to separate yourself and to meditate in order to bring you a relationship with a Baruch. So he's very clear. He's very clear. In Perak Yud, that the way to serve God is Me'ava. That's it. And if you do it, if you do it for any other reason, you're not going to end up in the right place. And I think that we're not taught that. I don't know who was ever taught in school that you should serve God out of love. We're always threatened that he's going to burn you, he's going to punish you, and so guys come out, and they come out with this feeling of a very mean God, and they don't want any part of it, and the Rambam's screaming over here that, 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 that you should be so in love that you walk around all day, when you sit, when you eat, everything is about a Kershbuch, you connect to a Kershbuch, every bracha, and that's why we have Oisimah and that's why we have all these brachas, lightning and thunder and rainbows, and all these different creations that a Kershbuch made. And this is what he speaks about. It's the last parak in, in Tshuva. He writes it in, in, in Parak Asiri, it's, it's Tshuva. He's talking about doing Tshuva, and he's writing here that Tshuva, Tshuva is me'ava, it has to be from love. How many of us love Hashem? What does that mean? What does it mean to love Hashem? He's talking about you should love Hashem as much as yourself. What does it mean that butterflies in your stomach? To, to, to a whole day just be thinking about Akash Baruch Hu. So the Kabayasha talks about it a little bit. He says that you walk out in the morning and you see animals and you think about those animals. I see, you see, you walk in the street, you see a cat, right? You think to yourself, a cat's not kosher. You think to yourself, why isn't a cat kosher? Because it doesn't have split hooves. It doesn't chew his cuds. And you walk by another house and it doesn't have a fence. Around the porch. And the Allah is you have to have a fence. You think about it, it has to have a fence. And everything that you see in the world, you connect to a mitzvah, and you connect to God. It's a kavayasha. Because that's a person who's always thinking about a Kodesh Baruch That's the relationship. And you know, Hashem, He teaches, there's a lot of lessons this week in the, about, in the parasha, about relationships between men and women, about marriage. Right? But God is the, is the best, it's the best, it's the, Best relationship. So we say Kriyashma, right? So when you say Kriyashma in the morning, right? You say Ahavas Oilam Avtanu, right? And you end the Kavtanamakilashimhagodasalabiyava, bring us to your great name with truth and ava. In order to to thank you, Uliachet Khabiava, to be one in the yichud of love. Ulava Shemecha and to love your name. Bahata Hashem. First Hashem tells us that He loves us. He doesn't wait for us to tell Him that we love Him. Oh, now that you told me you love me, I'll tell you I love you. 
We used to play this game when I was going out after I was engaged, and I would tell my I would say good night. She would say, "Okay, you hang up first. I'm like, "No, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. No, you hang up first." It was like a little game until you hung up with like two hours. Everyone's like, "You hang up first." So over here, because Baruch was saying, "I love you," and because I'm telling you, I'm that I love you. My relationship. I'm telling you, I am revealing my emotions on the table. It's very. It can be very dangerous, you know, when a guy. Who puts in the relationship when you're going out? Who puts that? Who puts their emotions on the table first? If you're not sure, she could really hurt you. If you ever put your emotions on, like, wow, I'm ready to marry you, and she's like, you? I'm not interested. Whoa, it hurts. So guys are very careful. People are very careful not to put their emotions on the table because I might get smacked. Because both is not, no, it's not scared. Comes to Kaisel. I'm, I'm coming for, I'm saying first, I love you. I chose you with love. Now, right? Shema Yisrael, listen Yisrael, now, you have to love Hashem. But the one that, the one that takes the, who takes the first step, not like Elo, we take the first step, Hashem takes the first step, and Hashem says, I love you. Oh, you love me, Hashem? Okay, now I'm not taking a chance anymore. So I love you too. And my Rif time, right? My Rif time, we say before Kriyashma, Again, Hashem says, He's the Oyev Am Yisrael. He loves us. Now He can ask us to love Him. Right? We say to Akash Baruch Hu, Don't ever remove your love from me. This is, do you realize when you dab a Mayrav that this is how you're talking? This is a whole love talk? Hashem, don't ever remove your love from me. Blessed are you that you always love me. Now we say in Kriyashma, and I love you too. That's the relationship of the Dioraisa. The mitzvah, the only mitzvah of Dioraisa, mitzvah, the only mitzvah from the Torah, mitzvah, is Kriyashma. And before we do that mitzvah, Dioraisa, Hashem tells us that He loves us. That's the mitzvah, Dioraisa, of, of Dominic. That's what asked, right? So we see that any time he asks us to love him, he first tells us that he loves us. That's very, 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 very important. So that's what we have to work on. That's what we have to work on in the coming days before Rosh Hashanah, before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have to put our phones away. We have to show Hashem. I, I said to everyone in LA, I said to the people in LA last night, I said there's a new Din V'cheshbin that didn't, that wasn't a Din V'cheshbin in, in, uh, when I was growing up in Shemayim. There's a terrible Din V'cheshbin that we didn't have as kids. You guys have it now. The Sultan gets up in front of Bez and Shalmayla in front of Hashem and says, I would like to present to you how many minutes this person was on his phone this year. And he zaps, he zaps the Verizon bill and they read exactly how many minutes you were on the phone. And the Sultan says, why are you giving this person so much time if he's using it not even to be in your world? You took six days to create a world for the human being to live in, to enjoy, to live in, to see you. You, 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 you know, you, you see a, you see a glacier, you see God. You see a beer eating fish, you see God. You see the plants I was talking about last week, you see God. 
Every single morning I see God. No, I'm not looking in the mirror, guys. I go downstairs from my, my porch and there's two little plants that, no, they're not little anymore, they're spread all over the place. It was amazing this morning. So many years ago, my friend Norman from Muncie, who was a naturalist, um, planted a, he took from his house a little peppermint, little bush, and a little lemongrass, it's called. Happens to make very good tea. Lemongrass bush, and he planted it by my house. He wanted me to have some natural stuff growing. Now, they're growing, they're growing like crazy. And this morning when I came out, so every single morning when I walk, first I check my five senses. It's like your car in the old days, you don't have them anymore. You just turn your car on, and it would go through all the battery, okay, uh, carburetor, okay, I don't have that anymore. But that's how I used to go. You used to go through all the thing, okay, then you would go. So I, I, I stand by the door every single morning, Liyayin Hara, Shem Shigimi Yerichel Zem Roshanam, Shem, say Amen. Amen and Amen, let's go. You don't want me to live long? Guys, you sleeping? Let's try it again. Hashem should give me a richet yam v'shanem. Hashem should give you a richet yam v'shanem. And good shiduchim. And a full shalema. And a good head to learn Torah and to remember it. Okay. And a lot of money. Whoa, man, I can't hold on. Whoa, okay. So anyway, so when I go, when I go to the mezuzah, my door, before I walk out the front door, I do my five checks. I touch the door and I'm like, well, Hashem, thank you that I can feel. Shh, your fingers are amazing. Tell you the shape of the cup. They tell you cold or hot. They tell you, they're, they're amazing. They're brains. They're ten little brains. Hashem, a person who doesn't have the feelings in their hands. It's a big loss. So first I thank, I touch the mezuzah. Thank you, I can feel the mezuzah. In the winter it's freezing, in the summer it's hot. Baruch Hashem. Then I give a good schmeck, a good smell. I say, thank you, Hashem, for the smell. Sometimes it's a garbage truck. You think I'd be upset. I'm not upset, even if I smell a garbage truck, right? Tuesdays and third Fridays is garbage truck smell. Why is that good? Because, because you can smell, and you can smell things that are rotten, so you don't eat them, and you don't drink milk that's rotten, and you step around them. So smell many times, even smelling something bad, saves you from stepping into it. So smell is a good thing. And then I listen to the birdies. And most of the time they're there, even sometimes in the winter. I say, thank you, Hashem, that I could hear. So now I could touch, and now I could smell, and I could hear. And then, of course, thank you, Hashem, that I had a coffee or a tea, and I tasted it. Because God forbid, if it had no taste, it would be like the nachash. Everything tastes like afar, and I wouldn't have no enjoyment. And the last thing I do is I open my eyes. But now, since I met a man who only had one eye, and he had a glass eye and the other eye, I thank Hashem one eye at a time. Thank you for my right eye, thank you for my left eye. Because if you only have one eye, you have no peripheral vision. You can't drive. You have no peripheral vision. If you look through your one eye, you'll see. You don't see anything on that side. You open your other eye. Ooh, you see a whole world. See everything that's coming from the left side. So I open one eye at a time. I thank you, Hashem. Check, 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 check. Maybe if I appreciate it and I'm connected to you, I'll be able to hold on to these five for a while. And then I go down my steps and there's two plants. There's the peppermint plant, which this morning there were a thousand bumblebees in them because they're a plant with a flower. And I guess the honey they make is a peppermint honey. It must taste a little bit from the peppermint. has to. They have clover honey. They have peppermint honey. You can buy them, different honeys. And I make a bracha, bayre, ispe, basamim. 
and I give a gishmak a smell, and then I take the lemongrass, and I crush it in my fingers, and I smell it. That's how I start my day. So, not with a phone, not with how many emails I have. It's, I need to talk to you, Hashem. I need to be connected with you before I go to Davin. Because if I have Ahava, if our relationship is love, then when I go to Davin, it's love. When I eat breakfast, it's love. When I go to the bathroom, it's love. That's, that's the, the point I want to make tonight. Relationship first. My marriage, I love her. So anything I do with her or for her is from a place of love. And a very interesting passage this week. There's a passage in this week's parasha that says, you have to see this passage, wow, what a Muslim hospital. Now we have therapists and marriage guys, books and things, and if you just would learn the Torah, my friends, it's all here. This week's parasha, parasha's kitzay say, it says the following. What? A lot of love. Well, some good love and some bad love. Some love off the derech, right? Mm-hmm. Talks about You shouldn't see the donkey of your friend or his, or his ox fall on the, on the street. And, and, and walk away from them. Help him. Help him lift it up. Right? Imagine if that's an animal. Imagine if he fell. Imagine if he fell. I'll tell you a story tonight about it, about that. Okay, but anyway, um, where's the puzzle I'm looking for? When a man goes to war, when a man goes to war. When a man goes to war the first year, come on, where are you? Oh, here we go. Listen carefully to this passage. You want to know about Shalom Bias? Rabbi Wallace, tell me what's the most important thing in Shalom Bias. It's not diamonds. A man gets married to a new first marriage. He should not go into the army. He should be in his house for a year. And he should make her happy. But the Pasik doesn't tell us how to make her happy. Right? What does that mean? Make her happy. Buy her jewels and diamonds. Get her a good maid. Buy her a big house. Get her a new car. Pasik doesn't tell us. So I saw in Torah Anthology tonight, he says like this. He says that he should stay home. That if he, if, if Shadri Shaina, he stays home and he doesn't go away, that's what makes her happy. Spending time with your wife is what makes her happy, says the Pasuk. Not jewels, not all the other baloney. The Torah tells us the first year of marriage, do not leave. Do not go to war. Stay home. Because what makes a woman happy? That her husband spends time with her. 
I told you my story where I deal many times in Shalom Bayez situations and the husband's like, I don't know what she wants from me. I buy her jewels, I pay the mortgage, I got her a new car. And she looks at me and she goes, I'm not interested in all that stuff. I just want you. I just want you. I just want, I married you to spend time with you. My car, my father gave me. My mortgage, my father paid. It wasn't my problem. So the posting is telling us a very unbelievable insight. It doesn't say how to make you happy. That makes you happy. That the husband stays home with his wife and gives her time. That's the simcha. And all the women that are listening to this are like, come here, Chaim, listen to the shir, Rabbi Wallstein saying, listen to what he's saying. I'm not saying it, the Pasuk saying it. The Pasuk is saying it. That's a very important point. But where were we going? We were going somewhere else. Just made a short stop here. Where were we going? What? <coughs> What? No, I said that's not the point that I wanted to make, though. That 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 that's a right that a person has to. Um, that if a donkey falls, imagine if a person falls. All right, I don't know where I was going. It's my ADD. What? Well, right. So, right. So we're talking about love. So we're talking about over here that this passage tells us what is love. What is the samach is ishtayshalaka? How do you make her happy? You make her happy by being home. And being home, is this story, I don't have it with me. I forgot the name of the tzaddik, he was teaching a bunch of boys, and, and they were married, there was a Kailo guy, and he gave a share at night, a very big tzaddik, and his wife walked into the room, and she said to her husband, you know, you're supposed to give the share for an hour, you're way over time. So he said, really? She goes, yeah, all their wives are waiting. So the boy says, they'll wait, we're learning Torah. He says, that's not Torah. The Torah says, spend time with your wife. So you're supposed to learn an hour, learn an hour, don't learn an hour in ten minutes. Go home and spend time with her. The Samach is Ishtoy. How do you make her happy? You make her happy by learning with her. I'll tell you a story that happened tonight. You know what happens, uh, what happens, um, on the day of the Shir usually is a, is a message. So I met a girl who's struggling with a friend. She's a very good girl. Really Sadekista. She has a friend that went off to Darach. And on one side, her parents are like, you can't be friends with this girl anymore. On the other side, she's like, how could I, I'm the only one in the world that's good for her. How could I, how could I walk out on her? And we broke it down, and we broke it down, and we broke it down, we spent a long time, we broke it down. It's not only, it's that, but it's not only that. When, you know, there are certain people in the world, I'm sure some of you guys, your nature is quiet. You're quiet. You're an artist. You're a musician. Or you're 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 black and white. You're one plus one has to equal two. You become you're coming an accountant or 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 you know a job that's a nine to five. You're not that colorful. There are people that are not that colorful. They're they're the bankers and they're they're, they're the logical guys. Think you know the actuaries and they're they're very one plus one has to equal two. And then you have the colorful guys. One plus one equals whatever I needed to. Today three, tomorrow five, tomorrow one. It doesn't matter. Whatever it has to equal. It depends when you know what your nature is. Some guys, they're air. They're just they're air. They're called air. They're just they're fun. They're a lot of fun to have them as your friends. They do cuckoo things. They drive down mountain roads with their lights off. Like they're like whoa, you know. I had a friend that did that once when I was like seventeen. Meshugana. Meshugana. He said I can drive back to camp. Just using moonlight on a full night moon. I'm in the car, he turns his lights off on, on a mountain road. I'm like, are you crazy? Turn that light on. He goes, nope, we're going to do this. So I had a pit in my stomach, you understand? But he did some stuff that I wouldn't do. And I was also pretty much, you know. So, you know, so you, so the, the serious person, um, 
likes to have a friend like that. Because you're not living that life, so you sort of live through him or her vicariously. And it's not your nature, you love it. And the other guy, who's the wind, who's like sugar, once in a while he needs some normalcy, he lives through you. Like, do we have any money left? You know, he has all his money's gone. And you're like, yes, I put away $2, we have a dollar for the toll, we'll be able to get home, you know what I mean? So you need that also, so they, these two friends, that's it. So the, the challenge is that someone who's not having that much fun in life, he's a serious guy, right? And he has this friend that's having all this fun and always laughing, always joking and pranking, wants to be like that a little bit. So, 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 the, so, so the guy that's like that wants a little bit seriousness in his life because he never has a chashmer on his money or what is going on, right? And his car's always out of gas. And the other guy wants. So I explain to the girl as follows: many, many Jewish people are going off to not many, but Jewish people are going off to Darash and, and and they see the ways of the goyim, and you can dress any way you want, and you can eat anything you want. And you can party, and you can go to the movies, and you can hang out, and you can chill, and nobody tells you what to do, and, and how to get up, and what time to get up, and what time is my Kriyashma. The Goyish world doesn't have my Kriyashma. And I can get up whenever I want, and nobody goes to church, and I don't have to go to pray, and I don't get to wear these tits that are tickling me, and I don't need something on my head, and I want to do whatever I want. Right? And there are a lot of people that are following that. Why? Like, because, because Judaism is boring. Because if I have to do all this stuff, Rabbi, What's the word they use? Robotic. It's robotic. So I said to this girl tonight, I said, I want to tell you a story. I had many fish tanks. I was very into fish. I had saltwater fish. I had seahorses. I had a friend that was very into fish. And I was very into fish. There's a rule. Anyone who has aquariums, we know this rule. After you feed the fish, close the top. Fish jump. All fish jump. You leave the top open. The fish is always looking to get free. He jumps out of the water. He falls onto the carpet. You come the next morning. You have a dead, dry... I remember I lost like three angelfish. You know the angelfish? Right? And I, I forgot the top and they were, they were expensive. And the next morning I came. I had three dry angelfish laying on the carpet. Lost a lot of money there, whatever it is. I tried to put it back in the water, but it didn't help them. They were dead. A, they were de- they were they were dead a long time ago. They just floated up to the top. What? Yeah, no, it didn't, it didn't. It didn't work. So anyway, let's go into our imaginations, okay? First angelfish, tops open. Wallstein forgot to close the top. He's like, wow, I could get out of this jail. All day long, what do I do? Bang my nose into the glass. Turn around. Bang my nose into the other glass. Turn around. Bang my nose into another glass. Some little fish is trying to bite my tail off. Right? It, I'm in a prison. I'm in a prison. So while he throws a couple of crumbs, I gotta get out. I gotta get out of here. Freedom. The glacial world. Movies, girls. Drugs, marijuana. Whoa. Come on! I'm already stuck like all those guys in yeshiva. No! I want to have a party! I want to enjoy myself! Right? Wow, Steve forgot to put the top down. Yes! Bing! Out of the water. He's free. <whistles> Flying through the air with the greatest of ease. He's like, I'm out of that aquarium. I'm a free fish. And he hits the ground. 
And all the other fish have their nose, because I have this crazy, you know guys, I have this imagination. You have the whole, my whole fish tank, all the other angel fish, everybody's like at their nose at the glass. They're like, oh my god, Yakko got out! He's so lucky, look at Yakko! He got out of the prison! He's in footsteps! He's doing everything there on your Kipper! He's eating cheeseburgers! Look how happy he is! And he is happy, because the fish, once they're out of water, I never saw this many times, once the fish is out of water, they start to jump, because they're trying to get air. So they're like, bing, bing, they're all like, you see? Look how lucky he is. He's jumping up and down. Simcha, la Yehudim, oh, Fish are jumping up and down. All those fish are like, oh, I wish I could be with him. Oh, I wish I could leave Yeshiva. Oh, I wish I could be with girls. Oh, we can just get out of here. Uh-oh. Yanko, stop jumping. Yanko, what's going on? Little jump. His fin's moving a little bit, and they're like, I think something's wrong. And then in the middle of the night, they're looking out of the fish tank. And I'm saying, Hamaki minachim esem, b'sha fish, b'avala yishulayim, Yanko's dead. But one stupid fish turns around to the rest of them and says, You know what? I'm jealous. I hear this all the time. And they're like, He's dead. He OD'd on air. He just totally OD'd on, right, H2O. He got out of the H2O and now he just got the O. He OD'd and this guy's like, no man, no man, you guys don't understand fish. You see, it's worth it. Did you see him jumping, man? I mean, those last minutes. I mean, he was partying. When do we ever get a chance to jump like that, man? We're just bumping into all the walls. He's like, guys, you don't understand. He got the fix. He got the high. He was jumping. It was worth it. It was worth it to jump out of the water to be so happy like he was. And they all the Tamidim like, yeah, I hear you, brother. Yo, we got the high, man. We got to get the high. We all got to get the high. You're right. You're right, brother. So this stupid fish says, I'm going to do the same thing. It's got to be worth it. Dying on the high. Never. How many kids die on the high? So the second angel fish jumps out. And they're all going like, is it worth it? And he's like, oh my God, it's not a high. It's not a high. I'm choking. I'm in pain. I'm gasping for breath. This is not a high. It was a trap. Jumping is not happiness. Jumping is death. I'm choking. Too late, fish. Nobody there to put you back in the water. Stupid fish. It's not a high, guys. It's death. It's an end. That's why Torah is compared to Mayim. That's why Torah is compared to water. Stay in the water. Yes, it looks like outside of the water, freedom. You can do whatever you want. But the truth is, all that jumping out there that looks like it's happiness 
is the death of the soul, is the death of the person. It's not happiness. A fish out of water is not happy. And a person in the water is not happy either. Because he's drowning. We're all created in a certain habitat. A Jewish person has a certain soul that the habitat Mayim, Ain Mayim, Elatayra. So I said to this girl tonight, I said, the part of you that is yearning the excitement that your friend has is the part of you that's going to kill you. It's the part of you that is watching someone jump and not understanding that he's not jumping for happiness. And that that person is going through a very hard time. And that person is gasping for spiritual health. So go back into your water and continue what you're doing. And continue swimming. And enjoy your water. Because that's what you're made for. And there's a very important lesson. Drugs are not. And drinking doesn't bring happiness. It brings death. I lost one of my students last week on Monday. The first student in 38 years that died of an overdose. She thought that jumping out of the aquarium would be fun. It wasn't. And we got to her too late. It's a tragedy because she's not going to have a Rosh Hashanah. And she's not going to have a Yom Kippur. And she's not going to have children. And she's not going to have a husband. And no one's ever going to call her mommy. No one's ever going to call her Bobby. Because it looks like that the world of drugs and drinking and guys and all the flashing lights is fun. No more. It's not fun anymore. It's a dangerous game. It's a killer game. And too many of our children, I think we're up to 60-something at this point, since last Rosh Hashanah. So we didn't have a good last Rosh Hashanah, boys. If 60 kids committed suicide or, or died from overdose, or more than that, then Israel didn't plug away enough last Rosh Hashanah. Stay in the fish tank, boys. It's where we belong. You can be nice and fat and comfortable in a fish tank. That's where you belong. They even made a movie about it, right? What was that guy that jumped out of the fish tank? Cartoon? Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. You always know everything. You're the man, right? You also jumped out of the fish tank. It's a very, very important lesson. Anyway, it's sad. It's very sad. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's something that... Death is, is the finality. You can't change it. And that's what hurts. You know, one more word, one more, one more good word, one more chizik. You know, what, maybe another minute. It's over. It's done. You don't have another minute. You don't get another word. That's it. She was the tzedekist of the school. It was a brilliant, beautiful, special person. Alright. Anyway, we Nishmas tonight share whoever changes their life and whoever connects to a Kashbuch, a lot of love should be a chizik and an ili nishmas to feiga bas pinchas chayim 
she's still not, she's, we're still in the Shleishim, I think it's only two weeks, whatever it is. She'll be an aliyah for her neshama. So let's end tonight's year with a bracha. With a bracha. So it says the following. Week's Pasha, Pasha Kisaitse, begins. It's a war, life's a war. Life is a war. Ups and downs, victories and losses. It's a war. Kisaitse la mulchama levyecha. When you go to war on your enemy, my Rebbe said, if you wait for the Sahara to come at you, you'll lose. You have to take the first step. So the Pasuk is telling us, when you go to war on your enemy, who's the biggest enemy of a, of a Jew? The biggest enemy is a Satan. God will give him into your... It's, it's a promise. It's not an if. It's a, if you go to war, Hashem will, will, will put him in your hand, and you will capture him. And the, the word unasano is a what? And we know what that word is? Like racehorse? What? A palindrome. Unasano. Vav nun, self nun vav, both ways spells unasano. If you look at the words that are before it, one is a and the other side is Hashem. One side is Hashem, one side is your enemy. Says, says the Torah, you need to take the first step. You need to go to war. You need to say, I am not talking by dominating anymore. I am not looking at these pictures anymore. I am not going to this place I'm not supposed to go anymore. You can't wait till he comes at you. You have to take the war to him. He says if you take that step and you go against your enemy and you do something to change the situation that you're in, Hashem will give him into your hands and you will be the winner. The best story I ever heard pretty much on this on this subject was a guy that came to his Rebbe and he said he's very depressed. He's having a very rough life. He needs Shizuk. He figured his Rebbe would take out a Musa Sefer or, some, or, or something. His Rebbe says, you want Shizuk? Come to my house for lunch. He's like, that's not going to work, but okay. Maybe he has good pizza. I don't know. So he comes to his Rebbe's house for lunch. And he comes into the kitchen and there's nothing on the table except a raw egg, a raw potato, and a bunch of coffee beans. And the boy says to the Rebbe, what exactly are you doing here? He says, relax. The Rebbe takes three pots and he fills them up with hot water and he turns the fires on. And the kid's like, Rebbe, I thought I was depressed. I think there's something going on with you. I think maybe I should give you a chizik. Like, what are we doing? Cooking class? I don't like potatoes, and I don't like hard-boiled eggs. This is not about you. Just relax. So they sit there for a half an hour, and the potatoes going up and down. It's cooking and boiling. And the eggs going up and down, and it's boiling. And the coffee's cooking up. And the kid's like, Rebbe, I, I got to go back to yeshiva. This is not helping. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know what you're trying to do here. The Rebbe says, okay, okay. I'm going to teach you a lesson you should never forget, and I'm going to tell it to all you boys. He goes to the first pot. He says... So when, you, when we first put the potato in the pot, what was the potato like? He goes, potato, raw potato is hard like a rock. He goes, stick your fork into the potato. He sticks his fork into the potato. It's boiling ready for, for, for half an hour. Potato becomes mush. Right? Now it's mashed potatoes. He goes to the egg. He says, what was the egg like before we put it into the hot water? He goes, it was raw. You know, in Yeshiva, you spin the egg. In Mary Yeshiva, used to be, I used to be in Mary Yeshiva. So there was a basket of hobbled eggs and there was a basket of softballed eggs. And the guys would always switch 
Mm-hmm. So you throw it a hobbled egg and you'd crack it and it'd be all over you. So we got smart, okay? And we figured out, we'll figure out what's hard and what's soft. Spin it. You spin it on its top. If it's hard, it spins on its top. If it's, if it's soft, it wobbles. It doesn't spin. So each guy, you see guy sit down for breakfast, every guy, we spun our eggs. Like a bunch of 200 guys spinning eggs, right? Okay. Somehow the cook, she should be gesund, whatever it is, she made it like the white was hard and the, and the yellow was like, mushy, like totally can't eat it, like you know that's like the worst egg, you know, whatever, but anyway so it sort of spun and wobbled so you didn't really know what you got she should be gesund, we, had, we were very hungry, it was very good for us, anyway, so so he, he says, he says what happened to the egg, he goes, the egg became a hard egg he goes, okay, check out the third pot he opens the third pot wow, a whole pot of coffee so he says, Rebbe, I don't drink coffee I don't like eggs and I definitely don't like potatoes can I go back to Yeshiva, Rebbe says, no Here's the lesson. Maybe we dig a lesson. I don't know where I heard this, but it's an unbelievable lesson. He said, let's go to the first pot. So the first pot was a very hard, very hard potato, and now it's mush. He said, there are people, right? They're tough, they're strong. They're like, come on, guy, get up! You can do it! You know, it happens to everybody. They give muster. They're tough guys. But then they get into, they run into hot water. You put them into hot water, they have the tsaras. All of a sudden, they're like, "Listen, I can't help you right now. I got my own problems." Right? They become become all mushy. They fall apart. Help! What do you mean? You would have told you were telling me before. I share it. All of a sudden, they're in the hot water, mush. So then there are other guys who are really nice guys. Like, oh, how can I help you? I'll always be there for you. So bold, right? Put them into hot water. They have problems. All of a sudden, they have no time for chesed. They're like, listen, I got so many problems right now. Don't come to my office for tzedakah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving you a kid a ride. I don't have to, I, I, I got all this stuff. My business is failing. They go from this beautiful, soft person to a hard-boiled egg. He says, in the first two pots, the hot water, the situation that a person goes through, changes the object. He says, in the third pot, the object changes the hot water. It used to be just hot water. Now it's a geschmacker pot of hot coffee. So he said to the boy, don't let the hot water change the object. Don't let your problems and your situations change you. You be the third pot. You change the hot water. So many people go through so many things in life and it changes who they are. Those are not the winners. The winners are the ones that when they go through things in their life, they change the hot water. They change the situation. They don't let the situation make them bitter and angry and hard. But the situation that they're going through, just the opposite. They create for people who are going through the same thing, all types, struggle muscle, right? All types of things. People who don't have children, they open up organizations for people who don't have children so they can have children. People who had children with cancer started High Lifeline started other things. People who were going through that pain. There's a guy, I'm trying to get him to speak here. He's a not, he's not a Jewish guy. You can't get the guy. I think he's booked out like five years. Somebody gave me his card. He met him on a plane. What is this guy? I'll tell you what this guy is. Amazing. A non-Jewish guy. His name is John P. Halligan. Ryan's story presentation. His son was bullied, was, was, um, cyber bullied. 
and committed suicide. A life-changing assembly presentation for middle and high school students that addresses bullying, cyberbullying, and suicide prevention. www.ryanstory.org This guy, this father, who lost his child to suicide because of instead of burying his head and getting depressed, you cannot get him. He speaks in schools. He's booked out five years. I'm trying to get him. The whole world wants to hear what he has to say. He took the hot water and he changed it to make it positive. And I want to end off with this. Everything's in the Torah, guys. So Rabbi Wallstein, for the last couple of years, has been watching and seeing that in the therapeutic world, horses, right, are saving girls and other people who are depressed, anxious, self-mutilating, eating disorders, right? And it's a new thing. Equestrian therapy, it's 15 years old. 500 years ago, 500 years ago, there was a safer written by Rabbeinu Avraham Saba called the Tzrar Hamar. I tried to get a hold of it today. I couldn't get it, but I, I met Yosef, I'll get it. Listen to what he writes. Last week's parasha, it says, that the king should not have a lot of horses. Right? Regarding, regarding the subject of having many horses. Because horses a horse raises the heart of a person. And horses make you happy. The reason that Adam Arishon called a horse a sus is in the Torah a samach and a shin is interchangeable. So the word sus is also shin vav shin. Sus means sus brings happiness. The fishahem ishiyos mesachalifos because they're letters that exchange. Achar shehakam b'teva sameach because a horse is normally happy. Ulechein b'klal hazav asus ba'emray. Okay, now. Well, Amnon he writes. This is neyudik. The pashas beratius. It's written in pashas beratius. Havi davar pella. Now this was written five hundred years ago in the Trahamar. Not fifteen years ago. 500 years ago, he wrote this, okay? 1509, I believe it was. And he says the following. In Pasha's Beratius, Hevidava Pella says something amazing. Hashem brought every animal in front of other region and gave it a name. When, when, when Adam gave the, the horse the name Sus, Hashem Shusameach, we call Balechayim. The horse is the happiest animal of anything, any animal alive. Okay, here, listen to this. Kihu sameach betivoy. He is naturally happy. Achoimrim. Till they said, Imyea Adam Echad Atzav v'dayig. If a person is depressed or anxious, Or he's something al avidasai, or he lost something, and he, so he's all messed up. 
Sheim Yirka Valsus Echad, if you put him on one horse, Miyad Yismach Miyogel. Immediately, he'll become happy, overjoyed, and his anxiety and depression will leave. Vizehu Sus, and that's why it's called a horse, Kamoy Sus, like the word Sus, Kihem Oisiyas Melchafos. And then he brings down a Rebbein of Bechaya. 509 years ago, written in a safer, way before therapy and psychology, written in a safer by the Tzrar Hamar, that if you take a person who's anxious and depressed, and you want to make him healthy again, put him on a horse. Is that not, so someone who knows I bought the horse ranch sent me this. He said, Reverend Wallstein, you don't even understand. It's written in the safe of 500 years ago that, that and that horses were named Sus because, named Sus because, because of, of Adam wanted them to be called Shaish, Shaish, happy. So here I am. I got up. I ran around. I learned equest, you know, equine therapy, equestrian therapy, and how it helps all these people. And meanwhile, Rabbi Wallerstein, Shefula, five hundred years ago, he wrote it was already written in the Sefer that if you have a kid that's depressed, or someone who's anxious, or someone who lost something and he's very lost, or he's lost, put him on a horse. He'll be happy, and it will all go away. Everything is in the Torah. Everything. There's nothing new in this world. It's all in the Torah. You just have to spend time learning it. May we have this chus, that Klai this year, this Rosh Hashanah, should not allow the Gullus to change us like it did this past year. But we should change the Gullus like the pot of coffee and bring Mashiach from Harry Yemena You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.